going on here? Smooth jazz. Welcome to Neville Mind Tricks. Anti-life coaching since 2018. Maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to talk about the blue-blooded Pharisee. Blue-blooded Pharisee. Neville mentions this a lot in his lecture from the Bible. Down with the blue bloods. Down with the blue bloods. Which you may or may not know is down with church protocol. And if you know anything about the Bible, mostly New Testament Gospels, Jesus, or the Pharisees had it in for Jesus. They had a lot of uh, run-ins with the Pharisees. They were a a different breed. So let's start with the Pharisees. So the Pharisees were the type of people that would go out into the open and they would pray, Dear God, forgive me, for I am a sinner. I have sinned. I accidentally stepped on a millipede on the way over to the square to pray to you. And I come here before your eyes with the guilt and remorse of having ended a millipede's life and impacting all of those around him. I know I'm not as bad as all the heathen that surround me, but for the one small speckle, I beg your forgiveness. All right, that was a Pharisee. Those um, kind of remind me of the folks. And I've talked about this before, the very braggadocious, like, look at me, I'm the King Kong ring-a-ding, King Kong manifester. I'm the manifesting king, manifesting galore, la, 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 la. Come on, let's face it. Nobody likes a braggart. I know some people like to brag, but in my experience, it's usually the younger folks yeah, we know some. There's some folks that are competitive, like to brag their whole lives. But I've shared this before. But they said that folks that brag are usually just doubtful and scared on some level. Good thinking possibly can help. Blue blood, down with the blue bloods, down with church protocol. Reminds me of a quote that I heard from a television program. Don't know what television program it was. And don't know if I have the exact quote, but the uh, sentiment is there. There's a difference between fishing and standing on the shore looking like an idiot. All right, once again, I actually kind of like that one personally. Maybe you do too. There's a difference between fishing and standing on the shore looking like an idiot. All right, church protocol. So in 2001, my best friend got married 
literally the week after September 11th. So those of you curious about my age know that I was at least 18 in 2001, not 2011. September 11th, 2001. So he got married the week after. And it had been scheduled for some time. And I was in the wedding party. And they decided to move forward with the the wedding regardless. And it was in a Catholic church. And it it was curious. Because I grew up attending different churches. My mom was... We didn't really go to church, but she would get these wild hairs, and sometimes we'd go to the Seventh-day Adventist churches. Uh, Some days we'd go to Baptist churches, obviously different days of the week, and sometimes we'd go to these non-denominational churches. Usually what it was is we'd wake up on a Sunday and get dressed, take a shower, we're going to go to church. You're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? All the groans and moans and stuff like that. Exactly, and we'd drive around until my mom saw a church that she was drawn to, and we'd go there, and of course he'd walk in. It's kind of like the old Western movies where you'd see a stranger walk into a bar, and all the music stops, people stop eating and drinking, and just turn around and look at who's walking in and give them the stink eye. That's kind of what we felt. And then, you know, all these churches were different. Sometimes they were very welcoming and open. Oh, and come next week and this and that. And you do sometimes get a uh, welcoming family. Hey, why don't you guys come over and have lunch with us today? Or we're going to go to the park and play with the kids. Let's go play and talk. And But these relationships are very short-lived. But that, that was my experience with church. And so here comes Catholic Church. Um, so my friend's wife... They're still married to this day, over 20 years. That's a... uh... Yeah, women aren't the same today as they used to be. Oh, gray mare just ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Yeah, sorry for the singing there. But anyway, so we were doing the... And we, we went through, you know, there's a couple rehearsals. He had to go through whatever communion. They had to go through all these classes in church in order to be able to be get married in the church. And just part of the wedding party would do these rehearsals. And, I mean, you were kneeling a lot back and forth. Felt like a uh, sorority girl. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Couldn't help myself. Sorry. But anyway, a lot of kneeling, a lot of this, that, and the other thing. And then came the actual day of the wedding. And again, same thing, a lot of times on on their knees. So I can empathize with all the SP folks out there. And then I remember there's all this chanting and chanting back. And I'm like, what the heck is this? This is ridiculous. And then we had to go in line to get wafers. And I was worried. But there was these two long lines, and I felt like, you know, sinners to the left of me, pious to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle, and I don't even know what to do. Because everyone's taken a wafer, but they said something like, if you don't want to take a wafer, please let the preacher, whatever their their name is, know. And I'm like, what the heck do I do? Everyone's taken a wafer. So I'm like looking around my scenery, and then finally somebody does a, a gesture and doesn't get a wafer. So I was like, okay, I'll do the exact same thing 
that lady did and I did it and I didn't get a wafer. I thought it was like had a kryptonite effect to anyone who wasn't a practicing Catholic. But anyway, I vowed at that moment, I said, I will never marry or be with a Catholic woman because I can't stand all this routine and this is weird and cultish to me. No offense if you're practicing Catholic, blah, blah, blah. I get it. My significant other, she's from South America. She's she's Catholic. She doesn't go to Mass 20 times a week or anything like that. We do have a nice Catholic church right down the, the street if she chooses to go, but I know her parents are very big in the Catholic church, so I'm always very, very vanilla, very corporate if church ever comes up around them. But anyway, so that was some church protocol there. But then I knew some of these folks that went to this church, and they were what you would call sinners in the traditional sense. A lot of uh, drug use, debauchery, um, kids with a lot of different guys, kids with a lot of different women, um, criminal history, a lot of, ese vato loco, what's up, dog? A lot of gangbangers and stuff, eh? But whatever. I mean, they feel like the church protocol made them more pious, at least for the time they were in church. Another thing that I noticed that could come under the umbrella of church protocol of the blue blood is my uh, skanky neighbor, my skanky neighbor. Remember her? The other day I was woken up by her pussy cat. She has a feral cat that lives with her. I don't know, whatever. So skanky neighbor, the other day I was coming home from the walk. Usually I wake up when I wake up during the week. I go for my walk. And I mean, I usually start start the uh, remote corporate job at around the same time, but I don't always wake up at the same time. And so I was walking back and I noticed that she was closing all of her blinds, which is weird because the reason I call her the skanky neighbor is she likes to have all her blinds open and all the lights on in her house. And she's like this old wrinkly lady and I'm like, who wants to look at you, lady? Just freaking close your blinds. Nobody cares. Um, I mean, just a whole thing. You go outside and it's pitch black like the other day that I mentioned that I did the podcast about the success stories. I left the house to go do some things and I, I walked and it was pitch black and the skank, except for the skanky neighbor, all the lights were on in the house. So of course your brain, your eyes are drawn to that. And you're like, what the heck are you doing? But anyway, so this woman in the morning, I was coming back from my walk one day and I know she closed all of her blinds, shut all of her lights, but turned on the porch light. Now, I don't know if this was a habit. I don't know if it's a security blanket. But if it's something along the lines of, hey, I want people to know that I'm home so no one will try to do anything. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I was like, okay, someone who's in the state of a thief. Neville talks about the state of a thief in different states that are all available for anyone to get into or exit from at any time. If someone's in the state of a thief and they're canvassing your house and they want to do an inventory to see if it's worth doing anything, you have your blinds open and your lights on all night. 
they know what's in your house. So if you put the blinds up and put your porch light on when you go to work in the morning, what difference does it make? And then you got a neighbor like me. If you if some guy was or some guys were in and out doing stuff to our house, I would just think it was some dude that she's dating or sleeping with. I wouldn't have thought two things. But anyway, I don't even know what that is. Maybe I'm overthinking. Maybe she just puts a porch light on as a habit. I I don't know what it is. I don't think I've ever said more than two words to to her. But that's a an example of a possible church protocol. Or if I do this, I go to church every Sunday and or I always give to or I always talk to the Jehovah Witness for at least ten minutes whenever they come over and I give ten percent of my income, whatever it is. Those aren't the things that are gonna lead to salvation, to greatness, to the life that we want to lead according to to Neville. It's all simple. It's all the same message over and over. Think from the end, live in the end. I recommend, ooh, that rhymed, reading a little Neville every day, even if it's like five minutes upon waking, 10 minutes in the afternoon when you got some downtime, maybe a little bit before bed, listen to a little lecture while you're driving around in your car, whatever it is, just kind of get that little, little. Neville, as you remember, he he mentioned that, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to get the numbers off. I know I am, but if you want to correct me, nevillemindtricks at gmail.com. Same for free coaching for you or anyone you know, nevillemindtricks at gmail.com. One thing we know now, it's free. Where it goes, I don't know. Let's test it and see. But he would read the, uh, between the Bible and the works of William Blake, he said he'd study eight hours a day. Now, I know most people have lives and don't have eight hours a day to read and study Neville. That's why I said five or ten minutes, morning, noon, or night, or whenever you have some downtime. See what that does to your week. Last week, I wished money upon you, whether it be an unexpected check in the mail or a deposit, or maybe you found some money just innocently laying on the ground and you got to it before anyone else did something great this week is time this week is a profound teaching maybe you got a profound teaching from the smooth jazz episode of never mind tricks maybe you email me for complimentary coaching triple your money back guarantee on free coaching at nevillemindtricks at gmail.com and you learn something, or maybe it's something else. But for now, wishing lovingly for you and yours, fantastic good news, a great surprise out of the blue from a completely unexpected source, and dreaming and imagining better than the best you know. Enjoy the music-filled silence. <laughs>